Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, Charged Up Studio listeners, I am so glad to have you here with us once again. This is Dana Olivo, your host and CEO of Marketatomy LLC. Brand architects, archetypes, what the hell is that? So the world of marketing and branding has been evolving so fast over the last few years that it's hard to keep up with all the new idioms and tools Uh, I have gone through the past 40 years fighting to stay on top of the changes. But today, we have an exciting guest for you. She is a self-appointed serial entrepreneur who brings a wealth of lessons learned to the table. She's finally come into her own and found her niche in the world of marketing, brand archetype, a universally understood concept that invokes a powerful emotion. In other words... It's a thing that every person on the planet understands. And in the same way, we are human. She's also the CEO of her own creative firm called Zedia Media. Cool name. She brings an element of discovery coupled with her passion of the local arts and and artist communities when she works with her clients as they discover their brand archetypes. So let's all give a charged up studio welcome to Andy, to Amy Zander with Zedia Media. Good morning, Amy, and welcome to Charged Up Studio. Good morning, Dana. Thank you so much. You did a beautiful job summing up my whole life in that little paragraph. Thank yeah, you. I appreciate it. No, I did a little bit of research here. Yeah. I always do that. So, and uh, and I know we've been trying to get together for quite a while. Um, with COVID and everything. So we finally got it. And, you know, eventually we'll be bringing some of your educational content to the Academy um, as we talk more about brand archetype. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm looking forward to it. So before we get started, can you expand on your definition of brand archetype or archetype that I described earlier? Yeah, thank you so much. You did a really good job of it. Um, An archetype, like you said, is a thing that everybody on the planet understands. And there are 12 main archetypes that have been defined by Carl Jung and other philosophers and, and people like that over the years. And the reason that these 12 are in existence is because They exist uh, in all cultures on earth, all over the planet, and everybody understands them in the exact same way. So for example, one of the archetypes that's very popular is the mother archetype. We all know what a mother is. And I feel like, uh, so Dana, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here. 
So give me a few adjectives that you would use to describe a mother. Oh, goodness. Um, she would be soft. She would be caring. Um, she would be uh, selfless. Mm, okay, great. Okay. Selfless. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I firmly believe that if I were to go to any country on the planet and ask anybody I could find that same question, they would use the same or very similar words because we all know, you know, what the mother is. That's an archetype. It's a thing that, you know, is just, everybody understands what it is. So with, when you use brand archetypes for your, or, or an archetype for your brand, you pick one of these concepts and that dictates your entire messaging of your marketing. So oftentimes people think that their brand is their logo or their tagline or their color palette, things like that. And if that's not your brand, sorry, it's not. <laughs> A lot of people think it is. Those are brand elements that support your brand, but the most important part of a brand that most small businesses miss is an emotional connection that you're trying to make with your clients. And you can't have all the emotions and all the feels all the time, because then your brand would just be all over the place and nobody wants that. So each archetype is um, related to a very specific emotion. And so when you tap into that, then your marketing is based around creating that emotion for your clients all the time. So if we were to go back to using the mother, the emotions that we feel with mothers are protected, secure, supported, warm, and those kinds of things. So if you were to adopt that as your business, you would be very focused on high customer service, a high level of trust, and you would be trying to make people feel warm and fuzzy and protected all the time. And what you wouldn't do in your marketing at that point is you wouldn't be super loud, super funny. You wouldn't uh, inundate people with a bunch of statistics and numbers and you know scientific information because that's a totally different archetype. And you would just really, really focus on that mother. And okay. what that, yeah, and what that does is just makes your branding very, very consistent. Okay. Okay. So um, as I was reading your bio, you know, on LinkedIn, you brought attention to a very emotional attachment to brands, especially when you spoke about your favorite vacation destination and the feeling associated with it that reverberates through your sense of being. I mean, mm -hmm. the way that you feel the sand, you know, the, the relaxation that comes over you, the, you know, I can associate with that very sure. much so, you know. When yeah. I go on vacation, it's like everything shuts off and I can just really enjoy myself. Right. So talk a little bit about your approach to bringing that out in your clients. Yeah. So the, the very first thing is that we need to pick an archetype because that will dictate that emotion that we're dealing with. So my process is I have a website that is naturally brandarchetypes.com. Very easy. And if you go to that website in the upper left-hand corner, there is a questionnaire. It's free. Anybody can take it. It's 90 some questions and it's going to walk you through different feelings you have, core values about your business. Um, you definitely take it with your business hat on. And then when you're all done, 
it's going to immediately list all 12 archetypes in order based on your answers. And then it's going to, then you can click on any one of those and it'll take you to an entire page about that archetype that talks about the values, the emotions. We do a SWOT analysis and I'll, I'll list examples of other companies using that archetype. So you can kind of think about that. So that's right. the first step. Sometimes when people take that questionnaire, they, they, the first one that pops up, they're like, yep, that's me. That's what I'm going to be. And, and the cool decision made doesn't usually happen that quickly for some people, especially if you're working in a team of people, because you want lots of input. So we have everybody in the team take that questionnaire and we kind of compare answers. But then I walk people through a 90 minute brand discovery session, which we can do virtually or in person or hybrid doesn't matter. And it's a giant brainstorming session. We put lots of words up on a board. We move them around. We color code them. We cross some out. We circle some. And uh, at the end of that all, the archetype almost always reveals itself. And uh, sometimes the team needs to take a while to think about it. Sometimes they're trying to decide between a couple different archetypes. And then we also talk about their industry, uh, which one might fit better with their industry, their comp competition, because you want to be different than your competition. And, and we kind of go from there. And then once they pick their archetype, then we just start looking at everything in their marketing. Um, does your name fit with your archetype? Very rarely do I get anyone to ever change the name of their company, um, but sometimes we can tweak their logo a bit, their color palette. So say um, they have like really bold, bright colors, but they picked a softer, lower energy archetype, then we can tweak that. And then we just start bringing everything they're doing into alignment with the archetype. It takes about, you know, a three to nine month process. But as we go and we keep going, their brand just keeps getting stronger and stronger. And they're that emotional connection and that message that is just more consistent as we go. Well, interesting because I did take your archetype quiz. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and I scored 39 in four of the archetypes, which sure. was guru, hero, magician, and artist. And then closely followed at 38, I had lover and explorer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what does that say about my brand archetype? So your top one, it was guru, magician, you said, and what was the other, the third one? Magician, hero, and artist. Okay. I am an artist by trade. Right. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so what that says about you is that um, I think you think a little bit outside the box for sure. Very definitely. Um, <laughs> you definitely have energy up in there. You didn't pick some of the lower energy ones like mother and the innocent, the neighbor, those are much lower energy. So you've, you've got some energy and you're thinking outside the box, creativity for sure. Um, says those things. And so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a nice variety to choose from. So your next big, uh, important, hard task is to narrow it down, right. To, to right. one of those. And, um, so one of the things to consider is in our industry, marketing, business, things like that, um, a lot of people would kind of gravitate towards the artist or the creator, right? That's kind of just a given for our industry. So a lot of people say to me, oh, so I'm in this industry or that industry, what archetype should I be? And I'm never going to tell you what archetype you should be, but I'm going to lead you to it. Um, but one of the things I will say is if you're in an industry that gravitates towards a particular archetype, you highly consider being anything 
but that archetype because you want to stand out from what everybody else is doing and you want to seem different. And does that mean that you don't bring creativity to the table? Of course not. That's going to like naturally happen. Um, but your messaging will be, will just stand out from what everybody else is doing. Does that well, answer your question? It, it, it does. Yeah. And, and getting back to, okay. And well, <laughs> I don't know where to go with this. Okay. You know what I do as far mm -hmm. as I, I serve early stage, small and micro business owners. So my, my efforts are there, but it's more on, I guess you would call the hero mm -hmm. um, uh, archetype because I'm there to lift them up. I'm there to teach them what they need to do. To, to know in order to succeed. Right. You know, so mm -hmm. is that, you know, is, is that where we're going with a lot of this is, is how we're going to narrow it down. I mean, when I look at, you know, the guru, naturally that comes with lessons learned and, you know, and, and the expertise on that. Correct. Sure. Yeah. Okay. But then I look at the magician <laughs> mm -hmm. and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, okay, where does the magician come in? as far as this is concerned. And then I look at the other two that I came in close, lover and explore. Um, <laughs> where okay. do they fit in there? Yeah, too? yep. Okay, so the magician um, is, so sometimes people think of the word magician and they, it, it can have a negative connotation, like sleight of hand, trickery, that kind of thing. And that's really not what we're going for here. It's more of like of a transformation. So, so you're, you're helping people feel like they can transform, but Dana, what we knew, what we need to remember here with archetype is it's, it's not the services you're providing. It's the emotions you want them to feel, which is what you're going for. Right. So when somebody works with you, joins your Academy, gets coaching by you, um, all that kind of stuff, what kind of feeling do you want them to have walking away from that and say, you know, this is how Dana makes me feel. This is how our company makes me feel. So oh, yeah, and that's so, really, yep. And that's so if I'm, if I am talking to my clients, the first thing I want them to feel is that trust. Okay. Sure. And that trust is because they're revealing a lot of information to me mm -hmm. and they need to be vulnerable. So I need to make them comfortable in right. order to do that. But at the same time, I want to lift them up. Okay. Because especially early on, they've got so much energy and so much belief, so so much so much belief in what they're doing that I want to keep that fire burning. Right. Does that make well, sense? It, it absolutely makes sense. And trust is formed from several different ways, mm -hmm. right? So, in the guru archetype, uh, trust is a very high importance, but it's based on the fact that a guru is credentialed right? They have the experience, the, the, the degrees to back it up, the, the, whatever the stats, whatever that is, you know, like, um, lawyers often gravitate towards the guru archetype because, you know, you want somebody, um, who knows what they're doing if you need a lawyer. Right. And they often have their like suits and they're standing in front of bookcases with the scale of justice. And they look very like they know what they're doing. Right. right? So, so, so with like with the neighbor archetype, high trust based on familiarity, you trust your neighbor because you know your neighbor. You've had, you know, barbecues with your neighbor. They have a key to your house, maybe. They've babysat your pets, like that kind of stuff. Right. So with the hero, 
that trust is based on the fact that you're, you know, you're a hero, you're capable, you're supporting them, you're championing them, championing them. Mm -hmm. Um, And that kind of thing, a really good example of a hero brand is Nike, right? Nike does everything about them is about being a hero and making people feel like heroes in their own lives. And they're going to trust you based on your track record. So and their, it, swish, it, and their swish kind of gives you the feel of the Pegasus and, and, you know, yeah. and yeah, yeah. that magical, yeah. that magical creature or whatever, you know? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, so, um, you make, you make such a good point in bringing up that trust is really important. So trust isn't as important in some of the other archetypes. And that, that might, might be sound weird. Cause you're like, you're in business. I don't, you want people to trust you? Yes, of course. Everybody wants you to, you know, trust them in business. But for example, my archetype for my business is the outlaw archetype. So I'm the me- the media mobstress. I do things a little different, uh, kind of edgy and the, you don't always trust an outlaw. Right. I mean, but I'm kind of going for that whole Robin hood feeling. So basically I want my customers to feel freedom from the burden of marketing. Cause if you have a business doing anything but marketing, you're still expected to be a marketing expert and you're not, you're an expert on whatever business you're doing, Um, but you still have that burden. And so that's, I'm going for that feeling of freedom. Now, of course I'm trustworthy, of course, but I don't focus on that in my marketing. I focus on that feeling of freedom. Yeah. So like, so as the hero, you wouldn't focus on that feeling of, of, of high trust in your marketing, but it's, but it's there. It's inherently understood. Right. right. I think I would focus more on the hero and the guru side of things because as a strategist, okay, they want to know that if they're going to be spending money with me to help grow their business, they want to know that I know what I'm doing first of all, and that I can offer But not only that, that, um, I can bring a lot of those lessons that they can skip over right. that would cost them, you know, more money and more time and, you know, and things like that. Yeah. But more you than up- anything. Yeah. More than yeah. anything, um, you know, it's, it's helping them feel as though they've made the right decision. Right. Of going into business for themselves. Yep. Yep. And that's, that's so important because we all deal with that imposter syndrome and we need somebody exactly. telling us, no, you've got this right. That hero, yeah. we all need that hero in our life. I mean, it, I fight with that all the time, you know, myself, I know I've got the experience and everything, but I get to a point where the belief is there, but then when it comes time to deliver, I find ways of sabotaging it because once I get there, I'm going to have to deliver. Oh, I know, Dano. I know. And, but you know, the fact that you're willing to share that vulnerability yeah. mm-hmm. and talk about it on your podcast, I'm sure you talk about it with your clients yeah. is, is so reassuring. Cause we all just need to know that we're all going through that same thing. We're ducks, right? Looking calm on the surface, paddling like mad underneath. Right. right? And yeah, we're all learning that. together. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And also you just, you can't know all the things. Yeah. I mean, you know, like when you're a business owner, I mean, whatever your business is, whether you're a lawyer or making shoes or marketing or whatever, you know how to do that really well. And you're learning that all the time, but you might not know like all the ins and outs about taxes or the marketing or how to hire somebody really good. You know, I mean, it's, but we're, we're, we have to put on this persona. I'm a business owner. Therefore I know everything about business. That's so not true. Yeah, no, <laughs> but, no, no, definitely not. Yeah. You know, it's what yeah. I call OPA. Uh, yeah. You, you've I heard that, that me say that ad. before. Yeah, you know, OPA so is when you become so overwhelmed that you become paralyzed 
and mm-hmm. you just avoid doing anything. Yeah. And we don't yeah. want them to reach that point. Right. You know, yeah. we want them to have some kind of, you know, meaning them being the small business owners and stuff like that. Right. Um, we want right. them to be able to maneuver that OPA syndrome. Yeah. Well, I was given some really good advice from my mentor and it has served me. And I try to share this when I can, cause it's just, okay. it's helped me so much. Mm-hmm. So I was having a bit of an imposter syndrome for sure. And it, um, some of it was related to like my hourly rate, what I was charging and that kind of thing. And my, yeah. Yeah. And uh, my mentor, Kevin was like, okay, he's like, let's think about this. He's like on a scale of zero to 100, zero being, you know, nothing about marketing and 100 being, you know, everything there is to know about marketing. He was like, where would you put yourself on that scale? And I said, oh, maybe 50, 60. I mean, I'm in the marketing industry, but I also know the stuff I don't know and all that kind of stuff, right? And he's like, okay, okay. He's like, where would your clients put you on that scale? And I was like, oh, they think I know everything about marketing, like 80, 90. And he was like, exactly. He's like, you only have to know a little bit more than somebody else to sell them something. Exactly, You know, and, and that has helped me so much when I start doubting myself or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I might not know everything I need to know about this, but I still know more the client and I can figure it out. I can bring somebody else in. I can spend an entire weekend YouTubing this stuff, like whatever it is I have to do. Right. But that has helped me a lot. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's important to, um, reemphasize what you just said. Okay. Because when we're dealing with the imposter, and I do have a guest coming on uh, in one of my future ones that is excellent when it comes to talking about the imposter syndrome. Oh, I look forward to that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's he's a doctor, and he has he has uncovered the secret. You know, so all right, he's going to be yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, in fact, I'm interviewing him today. <laughs> oh, good. Cool. <laughs> He's one of my interviews, but we have to reemphasize what you just said. Okay. Um, that really highlights the imposter syndrome. You know, myself, I go through this all the time. Like I said, the, 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 um, believe and receive aspect. Mm. All right. Mm. I can believe a hundred percent, but when it comes to the receiving side of it, you know, I'm looking at 40%, maybe 50% at the most, you know, and how do I get through that? When we are exploring um, our, uh, you know, our, our capabilities are, um, you know, I run into this with so many small companies, they don't charge enough yeah. for their services. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, that, that imposter syndrome's in there thinking that they don't, you know, and I've gone through this myself you know, um, being able to do that. And we, we have to look at it from the customer's point of view, right? If you're bringing a value to your customer that they feel as though is a huge value, they're going to pay for it. Yeah. Well, and when you start charging correctly, you start getting the right clients for you. Exactly. And if you're, if you're undervaluing yourself, you're going to get those clients that are going to expect you to deliver less and less. Yeah. Or as far like as I call them, I call them the, yeah, yeah, I call them the PETA clients. <laughs> <laughs> What's the PETA clients? PETA, okay. pain in the ass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. 
So, yeah, but Dan, know. I want to I want to bring our conversation back around to right before I started talking about imposter syndrome because you were yes. saying um, between like the guru and the hero really resonated right. with you, mm-hmm. and this is a super common thing that happens with people. They're trying to decide between two archetypes. Right. This one speaks to me. This one speaks to me, and then they'll um, ultimately say, "Can I be two archetypes?" And the answer is, "Yeah, you can." You absolutely can. And, and the way to do that is you have to have, it's, it's really important to have one that's the dominant one and then one that's the undertone and to never really flip-flop them. Um, and the reason is because that's just diluting your brand and flip-flopping them and making it not, not as a consistent, right? Yeah. So, so you can, you can t- like, you could think of somebody, you know, who is a very wise hero to you, or, you know, somebody in the media, somebody, you know, in your own life, you know, something like that and kind of model it after that, or kind of figure out the, the right ratio and, and mashup of those two archetypes. And that's kind of creating your own archetype, but all, all, it, all it's really doing is making sure that you have in your mind, that exact mix of emotions that you want people to feel all the time when they work with you. Very good. Yeah, I think my primary would be hero and then secondary would be guru. Yeah. The guru I, yep. side just reinforces the hero side. Yep, absolutely. And, and the name of your company and everything is totally uh, right hero brand. It's right on there. So oh, cool. the thing is, is that you, you've been doing it mostly been all doing along, it for right? so many years. Yes. Well, and, and you've been doing hero already. You just didn't know. Or what didn't, it was. No. Yeah. yeah. And that, that is the case. I mean, very seldom do people pick an archetype that's wildly different from what they've already kind of been doing, but it's just right. having that, that focus and, and the tools to use to now like up your game with your brand, basically. Right. No, definitely. Definitely. I definitely think that this, the, the brand archetype is something that needs to be brought even more so in front of the audience that's listening, you know, the the subscribers of Marketatomy Academy, you know, all of that, and um, just you know, you as the the archetype, you know, branding archetype specialist. Yeah, <laughs> as far yeah. as I'm concerned. So I agree. It it it's just it takes this giant burden of marketing. And like, let's be honest, it can be a burden marketing. I mean, we all know that we have to do it. Um, sometimes we feel like we don't have the time or the money, or especially with startups or new businesses, marketing can kind of get shuffled to the bottom of the pile, which it should really should be the opposite. Marketing should be a oh, big yeah. priority. I've always said that part of your budget, but it's just, you know, life. So it's, it's overhead yeah. right now. So, yeah. you know, that's what they look at is overhead, you know, but I look at it this way. If the marketing is designed to bring revenue in, okay, mm-hmm. then it should be put at the front. Yeah, you know, especially in times of recession and and you know, uh, when you go through those cyclical cycles, you know, you should be spending more money during the down times. You know, yeah. to to drive people so that during the peak times, you know, you've got that that pipeline filled. Right. You know. So. Yeah. Yeah. When you pick an archetype, so say you pick the hero, right? So now you're, let's say you're going to, you know, uh, get your February social media marketing content ready. Um, And so you're going to make some posts. So then you go to make this content and you think, okay, did I write this hero-like? Did I use hero words? Am I using images that portray more hero-like images? And, and things like that. If, if you put a music together or anything like that, is everything you do, is it portraying hero? And what I love about it so much is that 
You don't have to be a marketing expert or an expert on brand archetypes to know the answer to that question, Dana. You will, because you're human, you know what a hero is, right? Well, then I immediately start thinking of Superman, you know, Batman, you know, that kind of- Wonder Woman. And those pop (laughs) art, those pop art um, cartoon type figures. I've done some of my marketing that way. Yeah. You know, and things like that. So yeah, the bright colors, um, you know, all of that. So that's interesting. That's interesting. So, but yeah, always um, the copy that's developed is all designed, you know, with them in mind, what are they struggling with? Mm -hmm. You know, what are they struggling with and how can we help them? Right. Sure. Yeah. We, um, I sell, uh, we, we call them word banks and we have, a, we have a word bank for each archetype. And there's like pages and pages and pages of words and phrases um, that you can use for your archetype. So um, it's just $29.95, like 30 bucks for That's your archetype. That's definitely something bank. I want. <laughs> yeah. And, That's and definitely what, something I would want because, you know, yeah. it, and I, I, as much as I, I do write, you know, and stuff like that, you know, I tend to um, just like with my design, my graphics, my artwork and everything, I have a particular style. Sure. And I don't want to stick to a particular style because it becomes outdated. So if sure. I had those words, if I had the, you know, the phraseology and stuff like that, then I could work with my copy developer and say, okay, you know, here's what we're trying to do. Right. Here are some examples that we can use. Now you come up with something, you know, yeah. Um, that's, that's more relevant and more, yeah. more, um, more hero. Yep. Yeah. More on brand. And yeah. More current. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Especially yeah, so- right now with COVID and, and what we're facing after 24 months of being, um, we all need a hero, Dana. <laughs> I'm telling, you, I'm telling yeah. you, I've got my, my annual strategic planning program coming up starting Monday. And it's like talking to the people, they are so tired. They're so tired of waiting for something to happen. And then we just find out last week, there's a new virus out there. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Stay the course though. (laughs) Enough of the waiting, you know, let's go ahead and let's start taking back control. So anyway, so um, tell me there are, uh, is there anything else you want our listeners to know? What are some additional tips you can give them? Yeah. So I just, um, I can't say enough how brand archetypes will make your marketing simpler. I promise. And a lot of people sometimes ask me too, they feel like it's limiting. So one of the archetypes is the jester archetype. You are all familiar with those really funny, crazy off the wall brands or whatever. And like, I would never pick that for me because I can be funny once in a while, but I, I can't be funny all the time. Like that to me feels exhausting. Some people are really good at that. So like, say you pick the mother, they're like, oh, well, does that mean I can never be funny now? No, it doesn't mean you can never be funny. Moms can be funny. I can be a funny mom. Um, but it just means that that's not the focus of your marketing. And so, um, so I just want to make, I got it. So so with the, you saying that, okay, I'm not a funny person. Okay. But my husband is, and he manages our group coaching and our, and our executive coaching side of things. He is hilarious. (laughs) He is hilarious. And when he's working with coaches, I can hear him when he's talking to them. He can bring a funny antidote or something. He can say something that that in an atmosphere that is very serious, 
you know, when you're talking to executive coaches who are suffering from imposter syndrome and stuff yeah. like that. Burnout, can, all the stuff. Yeah. Right. And he can bring this, this lightheartedness to the coaching environment yeah. to where they feel more comfortable and they yeah. don't feel so ashamed and everything. So that might fit into the gesture side of thing. Can you have two different divisions with different you can. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, I mean, there's, you know, o- overall businesses, you know, like, like Nike is the hero, but say they had like a line of shoes, maybe that were, they, they don't do this, but they could, okay. like they have a line of shoes that are like wacky colors or something like that. And just that line of shoes is more gestury for sure. You can do that. Okay. Um, yeah. So if you're, if what he does is, is the coaching part of it um, right. tends to be his personality, but that's not to say that like, you can be a funny hero. You know, he can still be a hero and his flavor and he is, is. A, funny, a funny hero, you know, you know, yeah. um, so like Deadpool, <laughs> right? Yeah, so, no, definitely. yeah. So, I mean, you can have the overall, you know, um, so your yeah. flavor is the guru hero and his flavor is the funny hero, but you're still going right. with that hero and always making sure the hero is on top. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and it does fit that way. Oh, interesting. Interesting. I'm going to have to definitely get that, uh, that, that booklet from you or whatever. Yeah. You, you have. So, Definitely. yeah. So what I always tell people when they get it, um, go through with a highlighter, like print it out and go through with a highlighter and just start highlighting the words that really jump out at you that really speak to your heart. And, and you'll, you'll see them, you'll know them. And then what you do is you take those words that you highlighted and go to like thesaurus.com or something like that and plug in each word and come up with some of the variations and see if there's any variations of those words that you really like as well. And then take your highlighted words, your variation words and make your own word bank that is specific to your company. So not every single word or phrase in that hero word bank is going to apply to you. And then that can become part of your brand document. Okay. Okay. So can, can that, um, uh, that document or whatever, can it be downloaded from your website, Zedia Media? Yeah. I'm working on getting the fact that you can buy them offline, but for at the, at the moment I can just send it to you, but okay. uh, within the next month, you should be able to go okay. and just pick which All one right. you want no, and download it. But yeah, my, yeah okay. absolutely. And, and you might want like, like both the hero and the guru. Right? Yeah. If those are the two yeah. that you're going after. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. So um, where can our listeners reach you should they want to get a hold of you? Yep, I, so Zedia Media, Z-E-E-D-I-A media.com is my main website with all my contact information. But I also have that brandarchetypes.com website with all the archetype information. So either one of those, um, but I am more active on the Zedia Media social. So you can find me on all the socials at Zedia Media. Okay. Okay. Very good. Yes. I, I have visited both websites, you know, and everything, and there's a, there's a, a ton of information. So I highly recommend that you go to Amy's websites and uh, take advantage and, and learn what she's, what she knows. Well, thank you so much, Amy, for joining me today. We're at the end of another podcast. Um, I want to thank you for joining us and, and, Make sure to leave a review on whatever podcast delivery platform you are listening to us on today, or go to the Charged Up Studio Facebook page and leave a review. Uh, If you want to learn more about the different topics or skill sets associated with growing a successful business, visit our online e-learning environment called marketatomy.academy. 
I look forward to talking with you again next week for another exciting episode where small businesses get charged up for success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.